welcome to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast where three dungeon masters have been doing this for way too long. Talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. I'm Thorne, and I'm joined by... Tony. I've nothing much to offer. There's nothing much to take. I'm an absolute beginner. And I'm absolutely sane. I'm only going to do the first verse. That's cool. Actually, I don't recognize one. That is, of course, Dave, our rock and roll DM, the the only singing Dungeon Master I know of. Mm-hmm. And what is that song? So I, I just want to make a comment, too. Like, that was like some sweet, like, Barry White introducing Three Wise DMs there, man. Just like. You hitting that bass <laughs> profundo, like, hello. <laughs> you know, I was like, shit, dude, we're in the night hells. Okay. A little, little bit that Balrog voice, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've got some range. I just don't always think to use it. Um, that is a super deep cut uh, by David Bowie called Absolute mm. Beginners off a of movie soundtrack. Wow. Or cool. I believe Absolute Beginners. And that is a great segue to what we're talking about here today, because today we have a new reader question. And the question is all about how do you make new DMs? So how do you how do you convince other people to be willing to be an absolute beginner at being a DM? And the question today comes from our What's Our Problem field on the website. And as we've mentioned a few times before, if you have any questions you'd like to hear us talk about, we love answering reader questions. You can go to threewisedms.com, enter it in the What's Your Problem field. Send it to threewisedms at gmail.com or talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're active everywhere. We're always looking for new ideas because really we love answering questions that re- that other DMs are actually having a problem with. You know, it's fun doing our own stuff like we've done the cu- past couple weeks, but we do love helping you uh, solve your problems. So if you have something you want to hear us talk about, please send it in. We would love to talk about it. I mean, and- solving their problems – well, that's we, a bit, we, we can offer advice. Yeah, that seems in perspective. Ooh, that's some hubris on our part. <laughs> well, hubris, I think, comes up here because when you talk about how to make new DMs. But first, let me let me read the yes, question. Okay, so the subject line is making new DMs, and the message is very straightforward. How do I get existing players who I know will make great DMs interested in even trying the DM role? What convinced the three of you that you wanted to DM rather than just play? And um, I got to say. Uh, <laughs> Ego, unending hubris. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, what sin is that? To uh, to you know make the gods embarrassed. You know, yeah. <laughs> flying too close to the sun on wings of pastrami. Yeah, w- what encouraged me to be a DM because this, that ship wasn't getting off the ground unless I was flying it. That that's, that's what started thing. this. There yeah. it is. There it so, is. So the books were there, and everyone's kind of looking at each other. And it's like, well, somebody has got to read this and try to run an adventure. And I'm like, well, all right, here it is. Let me throw this pitch down the plate. And it may be curvy, may bounce off the ground the first time, but it will get down the plate. <laughs> and the yeah, the first thing I read was the basic Redbox D&D module uh, that's uh, provided. And that is deadly. Deadly. Yes. Absolutely yeah. deadly. Deadly. Wait, wasn't that uh, Keep on the Borderlands? Wasn't that in the red no, box? Or is that no. in the purple box? That would be in the magenta. magenta? The magenta. Yeah. What's so, the red one? Because that's Island what I ran trend. with Keep. So there is a one-person you can run yourself module through that in the actual oh, basic yeah. D&D book. I kind of to- – I, I already started 
messing with stuff before I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. And I threw out, I put some really cool monsters and I let people pick some level one characters and I put them out there and yeah, they wiped in a couple of groups. <laughs> so how many players did you kill before you finally got an adventure going? I really will uh, recuse myself of answering that question because um, I didn't really understand, well, anything at the time. Like, for example, rolling a 16 saving throw cold versus, say, I don't know, flesh to stone was really much harder than it sounds when I threw that monster out there, for example. <laughs> oh, saving throws. I know in the beginning you're always like, oh, yeah, right, yeah right, you just got to roll me a 15 or higher. That's easy. That is a one in four chance. That is a one quarter chance of success. That is very difficult. That is that is that is not just difficult. That is you need to get lucky. There is no difficulty involved here. You just got lucky if you succeeded. And, and this wasn't like, oh, you're going to lose a turn if you fail a save. You wish. You you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because all three of us, I know we've talked about this before, and, and it might, and it, it does color a little bit our approach to how do you get new people to play because all three of us did start with our groups being the person who said, you know, I want to play D&D, so I'm going to have to run the game and talk my friends into playing. You know, that was me. That was Tony. That was even Dave. Now, at the same time, later on with these 5e games, Dave and some of the other people in the writers group we were in talked me into wanting to run a game. They all wanted to try D&D. They hadn't played 5th edition, edition yet, or most of them hadn't played any D&D, actually. So that's what got me in this time, was I had a group of players who was really excited to play. We wanted to play 5e. I, I was going to get the books anyway, so went out and did it. From there, I kind of conned Dave and Tony into DMing because, you know, we were going to start a podcast. And I thought that'd be a good podcast if they were DMing. <laughs> Maybe that's not in the entire story, but it certainly had something to do with it. I'm like, Tony, you're coming, come on, join my podcast. Okay, now you got to run a game for us. And I think that, that kind of led the Storm Kings. Like, to yeah, I'm like, extent. that seems like a cool module. Like, you're like, I bought it for you. Yes, oh. <laughs> I did buy them both. The, I did. I did buy Tony Storm Kings. And I think I bought Dave Curse of Strahd, I believe. Did I buy that for you, Dave? No, no, you did send me after we did it. Though, after we started, though, you did send me. I think it was my birthday or something. I think you sent me like the monster manual or yes. something, like uh, Rio Roll Twenty. So now my compendium is all beast-like, which I like. So actually, you started your game before we started the podcast. Uh, it was right about that same time because as we went into the podcast, I think we were just starting because that was right when like COVID hit. So we were talking about the podcast before we had started it. And then I had started doing Strahd, kind of when we were in shutdown. Before Strahd, though, we had the other one that you had started, which was actually Slaver's also, Bang, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was, I, that was I remember a... you sending me, You were we were texting one night, and we had been playing in Woodstock for a little while, and you were texting me like, oh, hey, you know, you how how often have you uh, how often have you run games? How long have you run games for and stuff? And I was like, oh, I did this one, this one. You're like, huh, because I got a couple people. I was wondering maybe you... So were you already thinking of like, I want to see if this guy can do something and then we could get him in on the podcast. So the po actually, actually, I think you doing that and then conversations me and Tony were having or why I, why I decided I like that's, that's where the podcast came from. Right. It was seeing you in that game. And then me and you started comparing notes about being DMs. And then me and Tony were just we were getting together on the weekends, having coffee, you know, like you used to do before COVID. Get together Sunday morning, take a walk, get a coffee together. You know, the old days. And we were talking. Our conversations kept turning into how do you like DM philosophy. And that's kind of how we got here. But there were three people around me, basically, and actually even more people, if I want to count like Luke and some other folks we play with, who had opinions on how to be a good DM. 
And they were, some of them were looking to DM and that was like, you and Tony were definitely up for it. So that was just a case. I wouldn't even say I did that. You know, I kind of gave you, I kind of, I kind of threw the opportunity out there, but you guys were ready to go. Like you were. Oh like, no, I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only reason that I was really, I mean, as I've said before too, just to piggyback off kind of what Tony was saying, cause the same thing, cause I think we're all three of us similar. I know Thorin and I are similar in this way cause I've seen it on both ends and I'm thinking Tony is too probably, but we're all big gamers, board gamers, tabletop gamers forever. And I know for myself, I know for Thor, we're like the rules masters. We're the ones that crack open the books. We study the rules. You know, we're the ones that are going to teach people how to play the game the first time we set it out kind of thing. I remember when I got the Game of Thrones board game the first time. I was the one reading all this fucking like 64 page rule book. Right. And then explaining how it happened. So that type of personality kind of lends itself because then people start going, hey, what about like. I think you'd be really good, like, running D&D, too. I mean, you just have really narrative flair, and, like, you're just really good at it, so you should just do it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do it. So I was already well into running games back when you had asked me, and I was hoping to run another game. I was trying to talk you into running one with Woodstock because I wanted to play, and I hadn't had had a big opportunity to play a lot, right? I had been running so many games, so I was like, oh, he'll run it, and then, like, you know, I know he's run a ton of stuff, so he'll he'll be able to handle this no problem, you know. And then I was like, and a bunch of authors in the group. We're going to have all kinds of imagination and stories and stuff. We have. It's actually been, it's, it's, it's really been a great group, but that's kind of how that got started. So when you're dealing with people who have DM'd a little bit, like a little flattery goes a long way. Big you fun. know, when you have like six people being like, oh, yeah, run a game for us, run a game for us. I mean, how do you say no? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's happened in our group so far where uh, Chris is running games now. Right. Bonnie is thinking about possibly running some games. If we do these one shots every now and then she wants to run something, you know, so. I think it absolutely should happen. I I feel Bonnie absolutely needs and I will understand that it's going to (laughs) be wild going into it. And that's fine. That's what I bought the ticket for. If it's I'm, not, I'm going to be a little disappointed. I agree with you, Tony, because I'm actually excited about that because she's run some games previously, but it was before she was playing a ton. And I think now that she's run with like some of the kids at the group home and things like we talked about on the program, I think she's getting a better understanding of like the general mechanics and rule sets of the game. So she's going to come much more armed appropriately. For a for a, a wild, still a wild fucking game. Oh, right? It also just it would just be nice to get a little more diversity in the DMs Absolutely. too. I mean, we're all we're all forty something white men. All four of us who are running games in the group right now. It'd be good to have a woman run a game. You, know? oh, you, you mean we all might be looking at things in a certain perspective? You think we all we all bring a certain perspective to the game, and Bonnie brings a different one. I would love to play that. I think it'd be great. Absolutely, absolutely. I think for a new DM, I mean, are rules important? Certainly. Uh, the, the, if I had to give one piece of advice to a new DM, it would be maintain your continuity because I've seen new DMs do kooky stuff that literally made barely any sense to them as they were saying as coming out their mouth. And I'm like, I am trying to work with you, but like this vegetable giant, hmm, is it really like the green giant from the vegetable can? No, it's a <laughs> giant vegetable man. Okay. All right. Those are frightening, dude. They definitely are. 
Yeah, I would not be like I would be very concerned if that rolled up on our party because I feel like it's gonna have some real legend. How many gaps. radishes beat up Goku in Dragon Ball Z? I mean. <laughs> Well, I mean, is he a cooked vegetable? Is it your cat? I, I got questions immediately. <laughs> yeah, before we get into yeah, like, what they do. vegetable, and then he can, like, grapple easier. He has advantage on grapple checks. <laughs> he's more supple. Yeah, he just wraps <laughs> around you like a contortionist. And then when you kill him, he's got, like, he's worth hundreds of rations, yes. Oh. <laughs> you just cut him up. And, oh, my God. It's what I'm, I'm going to. That's it. I'm home rolling him. He's, he's a ration golem. Ration yeah. golem. There you Alrighty, go. That's right what there. you guys are going to run into on the plane of water. That's it. That's just a celery column. There It'd it is. be a perfect thing to have, actually, if someone could find a manual of ration golem in Schult, where we're heading to the Temple, yeah. Yeah, Temple of Doom, basically. Yeah. We need rations. Imagine if you could just make a ration golem. Not only does he beat up your enemies, he also grows food. Yeah, he also, here's some bread. <laughs> oh, thank you, ration golem. Uh, it's dinner time. Let's just take some fingers off. They're going to regrow. He regenerates. Phenomenal. The, the greatest wizards of our age recreated the Pillsbury Doughboy. Fantastic. <laughs> so let's, you know, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, though. Mm-hmm. Let's let's focus on, okay, so we talked about how we got into running these games. How do you talk someone who's never run a game before into running a game when you think they do a great job of it? Like, how do you approach them? How do you approach the subject? You know, what do you think might keep them from saying yes? I've actually asked certain people in my personal life to run games, and they have shot me down cold. Like, there's no <laughs> way... I am running a game and it's just not certain people don't have the personality type for it. And if they feel very strongly about it, you leave that door open, but you try to, don't try to force it. I will say one thing I found in Woodstock Wanderers, several of the gamers in that group have come kind of like saying, I could never run a game. I could never do what you do. I don't know where that's coming from. Cause I feel like mm. this isn't really that hard. Of course you could, if you wanted to, but I do, I do see that attitude in a lot of players where they're like, I don't know. That's just too much. Like, I don't know if it's because they're afraid of managing everything in the game or controlling the group or just you do have to kind of have a lot more in your head as far as how the world works. But I have seen that. And I mean, yeah, when he, when a player has that kind of has that presupposition, they're probably not going to want to play no matter what you say. Yeah, Thor, I because uh, I have been dying to see Scott run a game. Yeah. For the Woodstock one. I think Scott because would be willing. All the way back to OD&D and yeah. Minis Wargaming and stuff. I would love to see what – and he's such a, an amazing author and stuff. So I would love to see Great what storytellers up with, right, yeah. in that way. I'd be in for that. I think but everyone yeah. would be, yeah. I mean, Tom is, Tom is one of our players who said he could never do it. And I'm like, I don't know. You wrote a whole – you've written a whole book. I mean <laughs> – I it's a different you can do it. I read set. your book. Yeah, you so, can do several, several books. So you yeah, can, he's written several books. You can, you can write a book. You can run a D&D campaign. No, I think for that, I think with somebody like Tom, I think it's probably the rule set and that type of stuff, the mechanics. Because he's so concerned. He's still like he's so much better with his mechanics as a player. But that's one thing. And he sees that you're running like 12, you know, so. It's interesting. The two people who shot me down on this, uh, the one person knew every rule backwards, forwards, and sideways, and the other player was extremely creative. So it's not like there's a lack of imagination or a lack of knowledge. It's just the lack of desire stemmed from perhaps not wanting to put themselves out there like that. Yeah, Tone, I'm going to kick it back there to you and see, just because, you know, people who are shooting you down, I think I can understand to a point. I mean, Thorin and myself, obviously we were not concerned about running games for you. But 
for people, you've been like the forever DM, right? You're the guy who had the books when you guys are 12 and they're like, if I'm not doing this, then no one's doing it. So you've mm-hmm. been the guy. You've been their introduction to how a role-playing game is supposed to be. And that's God, like help everyone. Well, no, like in in no in no like not to make it too dramatic, but like that's like the person who takes your virginity, right? Like <laughs> Like everything, everything is going to kind of be compared to the way you did it. Right. So with there's that, some truth to that, actually, it's awkward, that, but there's some truth to it. Yeah. You showed because, them how to do the things. Yeah. So what I'm getting at here is I, I made this point a uh, couple episodes back. Uh, Chris, my brother, wanted to run some games for us, right? Doing He was doing the Marvel game, but that was a whole different rule set that, like, was kind of his thing. Like, I knew some of the rules. Tony was – but for the most part, everyone was coming in pretty fresh. So we were all kind of learning it together. And that is a Wait, complicated mid-'80s rule set. Oh, my God. That. that is a hard it's, one to pick up. It's TSR at its at its finest, <laughs> at its most fucking crunchy, right? Mm. So – um, but also not crunchy at all. Like they just both decided to be wildly obtuse and also very detailed. Flexible. Um, it's flexible. Yes. You can run anything you want to run. So, but when he started to run a D and a five E game for us with Tomb, he mm-hmm. came in literally saying in session zero, okay, now I'm going to be DMing for the three wise DMs here. And he was saying it like kind of in a in a in a respectful way, where we're kind of like we're the three fucking dumb idiots right but he was saying like he's coming at it with these people who are storytellers who run a lot of games who have a lot of these skill sets that have built up that we sit around and talk about it and i think that is what is going to be most uh if i can finally get to my fucking point <laughs> um that's what concerns people when like for instance tony you're bringing it up to him what do you think like because you're the guy right you're their guy but there's this unspoken rule. The virgin taker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to edit my moment of speechlessness. All right. Well, it's been a good episode, guys. We're gonna, um, you'll um, never hear from us again. So, a, you know, and I, I look at this, and dare I say, romantically coming after what after what Dave said. <laughs> I mean, that's a bad. Wonderful word choice. Oh, this yeah. is great. You're like, maybe that's like, you right now. Absolutely not the candles. I wanted. Um, <laughs> I'm throwing rose petals on the ground here. But um, that a DM who gets a chance to play, it, it it's really they dare I say it's like they really want they should want to play like this is my opportunity to actually play so you know when I get to play in a game that I'm not actually I'm running and I haven't prepared for for 12 hours I'm excited I'm like I get to focus on my character and that's wonderful I don't care if your idea barely holds water that's fine I'll help I'll be like I'll help I'm holding up this side I I got it don't worry I mean and you do help because we, we every now and then we feed Chris rolls, you know, just to make sure he, you know, when, when when he's looking for something from the main from the main player's handbook, we feed him like, oh, that just works like this, yeah. Oh, Here, shit, he, we feed each you other. Know, we, you were yeah. just doing it uh, when we were going over the uh, paralyzation and auto crits. Yeah. You know, yeah. you had that already set. Uh, for some reason, you had that somehow memorized. I don't know why. It's because almost like you took cold monster or something. But yeah, like. <laughs> But that's we're always doing that, right? Where we're saying no, it's this, it's this, it's this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you just you just you know as a DM you're just open to it. You're like, and I will often ask Dave or Tony, hey, do you guys remember what a rule is on this? Or while I'm doing this over here, can you look that up real quick? Yeah, we 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 work together collaboratively, and I would do that with any players at the table, because you 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 know there's a lot of rules you got to remember. So sometimes you have to be able to say, okay, I need my time to focus on this character's action now. You, Bob, over there, can you do me a favor and look that up in the book to find out how paralyzation works or whatever you're looking for? And it's just, you know, so if you're in an environment where you're doing that, I think it gets less intimidating. I hope it gets less intimidating. I mean, Chris is DMing me and Dave running a pyromaniac goblin and a and a gif based on Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> it's not a super, it's not like we're coming in there trying to, trying to min-max this game to death. Yeah, I, I feel like I've kind of created a weird hybrid. He's kind of like, he's very Teddy Roosevelt, but he's also Alan Quartermain. So, like, I'm not sure which way he's going, like, what archetype yet, you know? The only difference between Teddy Roosevelt and Alan Quartermain is Teddy Roosevelt won an election. Yeah, it's like the, um, it's like what, when Zhang, whether he was going to go samurai or battle mass, ah, you know, is it Quartermain or Roosevelt, you know? <laughs> All I know is Bixie needs to make me a flying guillotine. That needs to be happen. I will do that at the first opportunity. I'm all for that. As soon as as soon as we're allowed to. But yeah, I think a lot of people though, it's not necessarily rule sets. Sometimes it's rule sets, but I think a lot of it is they don't want to they've seen what you do and they look at it as, oh my God, I couldn't do that. No, when they don't not. realize how Yeah, like when they don't realize like how little you're actually doing and how much shit you're just like going off what they said. And going, yes, of course. That's exactly what the plan has been. <laughs> yes. I've <laughs> had you now. Power. Like, oh, my God. He really developed a crazy, like, really in-depth investigation. And you're like, I think it's the butler. And you're like, oh, my God. It totally is the butler. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's much better than what I actually wrote here. That's, yeah. My, my one was stupid. It was the guy for the, the fucking postal carrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> So then what do you do? Okay, so so I guess, we'll, you know, trying to pull this together into some takeaways here. Um, on the one hand, you do have to recognize there's some players who you think are going to be an excellent, they're excellent storytellers, they're good with the rules, but they're not going to want to DM. I can think of other players in games I've had that are like that. Uh, and even some who thought about it, and then when they got into it, like, nah, I'm not going to bother. You know, so mm. you have to recognize that not everyone's going to want to DM. You do have to have a little bit of, I want to take control and tell my story. And if they don't want to tell their story, they're not going to want to DM. That's that's one thing to keep in mind. Like, I think that's that's almost the number one thing, right? The one thing all DMs have in common is you want to get up there and tell your own story with your friends. And no matter how talented they are, if they don't have that urge to do that in a, in a gaming context, they're not going to want to DM. Yeah. But, you absolutely. guys, I mean, I can't think of a way of, of a way around that. You know, even if you're even if they're running a, a published adventure it's still telling their version of that you know their 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 way of interpreting this this material oh yeah, yeah. Now my version of ravenloft and dave's version of ravenloft would have been starkly different i'm actually glad i played dave's because mine would have been <laughs> a little crazy what what would have been give it give it just a give us a 30 second synopsis here. oh you know how i i, I can't control now. my i'm way too i love to give out magic items and magic powers i would have like done the whole dark gods would have been like it, it really it would have been a much higher 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 than what high magic yeah yeah no it would have been like okay there's this dark spooky vampire which is what he actually is versus you know he's this 
patriarch vampire from like you know the the bronze age uh who you'd be fighting by the time you get to fight the, the strad guy where he was strad when he started right and I, I, <laughs> okay so then i guess when you're looking for so then how do you target the players who are actually possibly going to want to dm like what do you look for do you look for players who want to tell their own story who are maybe pushing back on your story a little bit uh, do you look for players who come to you and say and, and, and bring it to you first? Or how do you spot players who are actually going to want to do this? Well, I mean, if the player has a decent grasp of the rules and they have ideas. So if you have a strong player in your game, I would imagine that they are your best candidates. If you have a, if you have a player who's really floundering or, you know, is just happy to show up, do a little bit, isn't super involved, maybe not so much. No, so, I'm going right after the wallflowers. I want the audience members. Yes. I want the ones, if I call them on them just as character, they get really freaked out. I'm going to be like, what do you think about running a game? So you get to be 20 NPCs all in one four-hour session. What do you think? Four to eight-hour session. <laughs> yeah. I'll certainly break them with their wallflower niche. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> or just break them. One of the two. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you look for – I just I have seen times where I felt like the best candidate to be a DM – had no interest in being a DM. So like the guy who was motivated and into his character and into the story didn't want to do it. And if you have that, you know, really, you can't really push them into it because either want to do it or not. A lot of players just like playing their character in your world or in someone else's world. They just want to level up their, they want to play it like a video, maybe not entirely like a video game, but the motivation is similar in that they want to have their character. They're leveling up and maximizing and doing stuff with, and they don't want to build the dungeon. You know, there's a reason dungeon building games don't sell as well as first person shooters, right? Um, <laughs> or the uh, or action RPGs. On the other hand, I think you can look for players who are creative. And one of the things that you can do is just kind of is just kind of suggest, you know, hey, what do you th you know? I think you'd be really good at running a game. Would be interested in running something. And then hear what their objections might be. Oh, this is a little sales talk here. Hear what their objections might be and then help get rid of and then help deal with their objections. Right? I'm here to help you. Find their pain. And then find, the find, pain find their pain points and address them. Um, and what that means, so for those of you who, who haven't been in the business world for way too long. So what that means is like, okay, so you have a player who's like, well, I could never be. I, I, they have stories to tell, but I could never be a DM because I could never manage all the rules. All right, well, I'll be there with you. I'll be in the game and I'll help you manage the rules. You know, I'll just, I'll be there. I'll be a resource to you. If you don't know something works, just shoot it my way. I'll be able to help you with that. Or I'll never be able to handle all the monsters. Well, you know, maybe you can do a co-DM thing where you help them handle the monsters in the beginning. You know, so, so, so you can address their pain points, the things that are keeping them from wanting to DM and just make it easier for them so they can come in and tell their story. Or if they don't want to tell their story, give them a nice, easy box module to run and see if they can do that better. Now, I don't because I don't want to memorize your box module. I want to make my stuff up as I go. So for me, the box module is actually harder. But for a lot of players, I mean, Dave, Dave, you love running box adventures. I really do. I really do. I also love running my own stuff too. And that's what's great with the Strahd Group is I got, I'm getting to do kind of both. Mm -hmm. And I'm just able to base it off the foundation we laid with, uh, with a classic mod, you know. But yeah, I like both. But yeah, I find that uh, for beginners for newer people i think something like that can sometimes be easier because it's all there to a point they don't have to really they can change anything they want but they don't have to yeah and on a separate point of that what i think is also a great way uh is sometimes i think people are looking at the dm thing because we are all in long-running campaigns right 
I mean, we're 30 sessions into Strahd. We're like 40 some odd sessions into Woodstock, right? Storm Kings went for a year almost, right? Straight. People are looking at that and going like, oh, fuck, man. I don't necessarily want to have to do this for like a year and a half. So one way is maybe do like we're talking about in our groups, a one shot, like a monthly one shot thing where someone gets to helm behind the screen. You get to run whatever you want. It's one session and that's it. If we want to revisit it, cool. No big deal. Maybe you catch the bug, but it's done. You don't have to like, you know, you have your one speech you have to make. You don't have to enter the public speaking as a profession, right? <laughs> so, so like it's just like the that, like speech. that's all. That's yeah, it. like that's an adventure, you, have to do. you know, find one of the adventures on DMs Guild or something, and they you just run that and see, you know, it's there. See what you think. That is a really good point. I know. Um, and, and you were very modest at all times, and I appreciate that level-headed. Now, if I had Brian, again, if I had hubris. When, when you had defeated Strahd in my game, he would have just gotten into his second form and then laughed, teasing that it was not near even his final form. But, you know, that's because I love to jump from the material. I like reading book modules, but I don't necessarily like running them. Running them. Because yeah. there is a lot of crunchy details in there yeah. that... Sometimes the author is like, this is very important. I'm like, this absolutely no one gives a flying rat shit about. Like, well, we saw that we saw that in Storm King's Thunder. What percentage of that was original book module? At least 15% by the end? Uh, like there's Seven, stuff like you're crawling around. 5%. These... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally, you know, I, I agree. Uh, real quick, because that's what I've actually started to do with a lot of the published stuff. I'm using it like, like car parts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I really want this cool dungeon. Open this book. That's mine now. <laughs> it's in my world. <laughs> I, I think that perhaps if it's a full, like if it's not, unless it's truly like a one shot adventure, the uh, new DM is looking at, they may find that indeed intimidating because good Lord, like storm King's thunder. It like oh starts God. at the beginning of like when the giant gods came, <laughs> they're getting all talking. Like it's time to lay the foundation in the first age, the ordinary. Yeah. Like, Oh my fucking God, what is happening? Am I memorizing these gods? Now I'm trying to memorize all these giant NPCs who don't even appear for like eight chapters. So I know all these giant gods that now I'm going to shoehorn into every adventure possible. Cause I know them. They have to be important. Well, if you don't, you won't remember them. You'll forget them. You'll knock them out for the other information. I'm such a big fucking nerd. I remember them all from the original Demigod deities. So these weren't any new names to me. Now, actually, Let's there was see. no... The Cloud Giant God was new, but the hill, the stone, the fire gods were... And Frost, Therm, were all standing. Same ones. In yeah. a side, do you guys find it was easier to memorize that stuff when we were younger? Because I definitely... I used to love reading the books and memorizing the lore. And now I find it's just, I'm making that lore up anyway, because, well, well, because I like to make it up, but two, because I'm just not, I'm not retaining it when I try to read it, unless I have it in front of me. Yeah, right I now. mean, uh, you're not, you were not reading it over and over and over again. I mean, Correct. I don't know how many times I looked through the AD&D &D player's handbook, like, you know, front cover to cover, just the, I mean, that's where a picture will appear on my Facebook post. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm eight again. Yeah, no. yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> second edition, the second edition, because I, I did the same thing with the second edition player's handbook, read it over and over yeah, and over again. Um, it makes made characters just as a way yeah, to have what we call lonely, what Dave calls lonely fun. Lonely fun, yeah. yeah. The um, uh, there's a there's a there's a 
uh, group on Instagram, Old Men Rolling Dice, and uh, we're friends with. And, like, most of their posts are just, like, old mods and old maps and stuff. And I just, like, I'm always liking stuff. because like, oh, my God, I remember that one or this endless quest book or whatever, you know, choose your own adventure stuff, you know. Yeah, this kind of brings me to another thing you might want to look for when you're trying to convince someone to be a new DM, which is I don't think it's a bad idea to aim at uh, to aim at maybe younger members of the group, because I do find, like I said, I I do find it hard to memorize some of the stuff as I'm older. The older members tend to be more they got more going on. They tend to have more objections. And a lot of times the younger person is like wondering if they can do it. You know, they're like they're the ones who are most getting enchanted with it. And they're the ones who don't know any better or uh, aren't afraid to take it all (laughs) off. Yes, yes, they they have but they still have hope in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tony, last time you got, I mean, because you you've had uh, you've you've helped several of our kind of like our friends friends kids start games, haven't you? I mean, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a positive nerdy role model in that respect. You know, you encourage these things. You see that this is starting to go like they already have ideas. And, you know, you hear what they have to say and you encourage that because some of it's usually some pretty cool stuff. Uncle Tony, the weird D, the weird RPG uncle. I listen, you know, Uncle Tony comes over and teaches you how to cast fifth level spells and higher. Like, that's what I'm here to help with. <laughs> <laughs> I found in most of the time, if there's anyone who's ever interested or I think would want to DM, they're usually bringing up the idea somehow to me in some way. They're either talking about it or they just say something offhandedly um so that's a little i mean i don't know what this uh this person's situation is but that's i mean a lot of times people will start hinting it's kind of like when their birthday is coming up or something like keep your ears open because they'll let you know what you want for a gift you know same kind of thing like they're probably going to start hinting at some stuff uh it's like they're asking you for permission yeah, they could kick it. You could kick it back and be like, oh, would, would you want to run something? I, I mean, if you wanted to, you know, whatever. <laughs> I do think when someone expresses that they're interested in running something, it is important to express to them how much you would like to play in it. Yeah, I think that's a really important aspect here is not just to encourage them that you think they'd be a good DM. But, you, yeah, I'd love to play in that. Let's do it. You know, that's, I think, a really big thing, perhaps overlooked a little bit. Because what you're signaling, not only when you say, I like that idea and you should run with it, but when you say, I'd like to play in that, you're signaling, one, you're willing to take a back seat to them. And two, you're going to support them in running the game. And I think that is a really strong way to get to, to, to encourage someone to go ahead with their plan. So you're finding pain points and overcoming objections, and I think that is really a good idea in and of itself. But uh, these players undoubtedly also have a really – have an idea brewing around perhaps or something that they think a setting – or a concept which they think is super cool. And we're like, well, now's your freaking chance. Do it. I don't care how fat shit you think it is. I'm backing you on this. Go for it. Do you recommend the I need a break angle? Um, That is kind of like the little bit of, I mean, hey, we all need a break sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah break, but do you think but... it's a good way to like convince, like if you have a player who thinks on the verge, do you think it's a good idea to go to them and say, look, I need a break. Can you take a couple sessions? Because I have read people doing that. I, I haven't done that personally. Uh, when I asked Dave to DM, though, I did say, hey, I'd like these people to be in a game and I can't run it right now. So I took that approach a little bit. And also just knowing Dave was probably going to say yes, because he was just itching to do it, I think. <laughs> Woo! Maybe a little bit of a gamble, but like, you know what? I want this person to feel not so much with the pressure. So, yeah, we encourage the, the one shot. We all go there. Be a good audience. 
and kind of leave the, the, the back half of it open if they want to continue that or even start all over with something else. I would say, too, I tried this um, with Bonnie's family group, uh, who we haven't actually gamed through all of COVID, so it's been quite some time. <clears throat> but uh, a lot of people were starting to just pipe up and want to run something. So there was a point there where, I mean, every time we got together, somebody was running some other little mini game or something. I mean, some things of just their own creation, even the mechanics of the game. I mean, it was it was wild. Her one nephew was really interested in running a game. He had never played even though. So I said, how about he plays in something once so he can even see? And then I can like kind of let him know like some of the things he might want to look for if he's going to run it, you know? I mean, at least get a sense of what is this game before I just run the thing, you know? So I started, or at least tried to, we never finished it, but I started the idea of a West Marches campaign where I started the first adventure. I set them in the town and they are they're heading out into the further and there's an adventure. And then anyone who wants to jump into that seat has the opportunity because they have the old haunted keep. They really want to run something or they have something in the forest. They have a weird Feywild forest. Well, that's out there, too. So the group can go out there. And it gives that that it's not as it goes back to my earlier point where it's not as much of a time commitment in the same way. You're not saying, OK, I'm going to run this for the next year minimum, you know, and we're going to play t- twice a month or once a month. And I'm, we're in for a year. So uh, so having it be that way where everybody and then once they start seeing people jumping in who are maybe a little more forward with wanting to, it might make people go, hey, I could. I'd like to do that. That is kind of promising, and hopefully you can encourage people and they take a shot at it. I guess, though, if they run a game, though, and they struggle, what can we do to kind of, you know, overcome that? This would not sound like an, an infomercial. Ridicule. Throw them into the wolves. They can't make yeah, it. You can't, you can't cut a kid. No. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that is probably like the way Mickey would talk to Rock, you know? Like, just really <laughs> tough Mi- love. I'm gonna make him chase a chicken. You think? Yeah, that, that's where I need to go with this. No, I mean, I think you. I think you try to help them. Like I was saying earlier, I think you try to be a resource in that game, and you try to help them. It depends what the problem is. If they just don't understand some of the rules, you can just tell them, "Hey, that's how this works," you know, and that that makes it easy. If the problem is they can't manage all the monsters, or they can't manage a story, or the stories, or like they're really kind of really slow going from transition to transition and not knowing what they're doing, you you know. I think you got to let them find their way out of it or find their way out of the DMing, right? I mean, there's not really much else you can do other than trying to help them with their specific issue. And if they don't like it, well, I don't know, try to make the room a little easier, maybe. Have you had that happen? uh, I mean, I've more than once in my career, I've had new DMs or not even like rookie, rookie DMs, but newer DMs come to me and say, you know, like, hey, I feel like this campaign's not going fantastic. I'm not getting a good vibe on it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is great. I, I love this game. Like, um, and I might. I mean, really, I feel like a lot. I think a new DM is going to come down hardest on themselves with criticism. I, I really don't. I've been at a lot of tables where someone's like, okay, guys, I'm new at this. I'm going to try. Boom! Like, you know, they start throwing freaking tomatoes and, you know, potatoes at them. Like, they're not even freaking messing around. Like, Um, We have had some games with some difficult players where the players themselves tended to find issue with things, right? 
I mean, I'm thinking of like, you know, even like kind of the game with the critical with the critical uh, with the critical miserable. Like they would be hard on a new DM because they want to DM the certain way. So that kind of thing can be a little tricky too. I think the game, I think the players have to be very open minded to what the new DM brings to the table. You've got to be a real asshat to ride a brand new DM on like certain, especially if they're house rules. Or like, I know this is your first game, but pff, here are my expectations. Like, what? Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Like, No, I mean, and I, I think we've talked about that at length here, and I see it because all of us approach each other's games kind of in that way where we're like some of the bigger cheerleaders of it. I mean, I know even when I was going to be running Curse of Strahd, Thor, you said, oh, man, I would really like to do Strahd. I've always wanted to play in that, yeah. so I would really yeah. love if you ran that kind of thing. Um, and I didn't feel like it was you blowing smoke up my ass to have me run something as much as like, oh, I'm not going to run this thing. I don't know anyone else who's going to run it. And I really like to play it because I hear a lot about it. So Dave's going to play. Oh, yeah, let's do that. You know, yeah. and the same thing, like we the minute Chris even mentioned Toom, we were all like, yes, yes. <laughs> no, so we that's not hard, how I reacted. Hard mode. Yes. Tony did not I mean, react that way t- for either of those, fine. but that's OK. You had the yeah, no, Tony did. Tony also said, wait, we're playing in Ravenloft again, you know, but. But just like in two, he's turning and, you know, he starts cold, but he, you know, he warms quickly. And I think we all, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, Curse of Strahd has been a very exciting game and I've really enjoyed that character and where that's gone. So, you know, I mean, it's it's been great. And so in the same with Tomb of Annihilation right now, Tomb is the game I look forward to the most yeah. because I have a totally new character and a totally new kind of world and everything's different from everything we've ever done. Oh, it's you the know? newest, right? So it's yeah. the shiniest, and it's the how much, like, ooh, how much can I get out of this, you know? Well, it's it's the newest, but also it's the weirdest world we're running in right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, nowhere else are we running in the in a jungle with dinosaurs and stuff like that. So okay. it's kind of got that, it, it feels like a jungle expedition in a way none of the other games feel like. So that's pretty cool, too. You know, but I just think, yeah, you want it. Honestly, I'm just looking to play more games. I want to play more characters, and I really enjoy that. So if another player wants to pick that up, I'm usually going to be an enthusiastic, yes, we can. Let's do that. Absolutely. I mean, that's all we talk about is how many more games we want to play, and we have no fucking time. We we have plenty of people to run them, just no goddamn time to run them. Thursday nights between 7 and 9.20. Clearly, we all need to clear out out our 401ks and IRAs and quit our day jobs (laughs) and just play full time. That's clearly what we have to do. <laughs> or at least three times a week. At least three times a oh, week. Oh, that's really nice. The old days. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we've been going on for a little bit about how to bring new DMs into the fold. What do you guys think? What are your final thoughts on recruiting, on making, as the listener, as our reader question put it, what are your final thoughts on making new DMs? I think you should look for your inv- your innovative uh, players who bring a good amount of energy to the table. Um they may be the people that, uh, you know, may pick up the torch. I would do a soft pitch. I would do like, hey, are you interested? Would you like to live? It's kind of like that. So I was getting from commercial. Hey, would you like to learn more? <laughs> well, you know, and, <laughs> but then you kind of encourage them to like, hey, how would you feel about running, you know, one specific game? That's it. One game, I, you know, don't even worry about the structure. Don't worry about giving me the backstory of the gods and the land and how it was formed. And this sword I'm going to find in 24 games where that is and start doing plot drops. No, just put us in a town. No, don't even put us in a town. Don't build a town. Stay far away from building a town. I should put that <laughs> just re- regarding a caravan. Do something where you get a chance to use the mechanics 
run some encounters, run some, do some checks, uh, and see how it all plays out and see how that feels and build from there. Yeah, I will say that it wasn't. That's funny, Thor, that you said that. It was a interesting choice. Where he was making new DMs, like cloning them or something, like some performing some ritual to raise them from the the pit. You hold her eyes and yeah, right. dragon rise DM. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I like. I mean, everything that Tony said and and, and everything that we've been saying this time, it's. It's not something you can make happen, though. Mm. I think a lot of people will become interested, especially if you and I think this is a big part. If you run a game that feels um, supportive and inclusive and like you're rooting for the players and you have it, you're creating a time where there's a lot of fun and a lot of laughs and, and all of that. People are going to want to I think they're going to look to the DM chair in a way that they're not in a game that's really you know intent and the rules and the you know like your guys old old uh game buddies or whatever where it was like this whole like this expectation of things um so i think if you're running your game in a way that shows how much fun it is to run it people are going to want to do that because they want to do fun things uh if you do it in a way that makes it look like it's a ton of work and you have to do all this prep and you're walking. It's like the meme with the rock and that huge fucking suitcase, right? Like when a DM is playing out of his house, you know, <laughs> if you're making it look like that, like that can be really frightening for people. So try not to do that. Try to make it look fun. And if anyone shows any interest whatsoever, throw it back to them. Hey, would you want to run something? What do you think? Just like Tony said, it doesn't have to be anything. Just one night. You want to run something? What do you have? So, yeah. Now, I think that's a great point, Dave. It's one we hadn't really hit leading up to this, which is that the way you present DMing is going to shade the way they think DMing is. So if you present DMing as fun and light and something you really enjoy and that anyone can do, they're going to be more likely to want to DM. If you present DMing as something that is a huge slog and you've got a billion things to run, like sometimes I have been guilty of in the past, <laughs> maybe Make people want to DM so much. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason Tom doesn't want to DM. Maybe it's because of the way I DM. <laughs> So I think that's that's a really good point though, as far as step one, which is present a game that other people are going to want to kind of try to you know create a campaign, create a game group, a game dynamic that other people are going to want to be a part of in that way. That they're going to want to step into the DM chair and have a good time. After that, I think it is spotting the players who have an interest in telling the story and being the game master, not just the ones who are good with the rules or the creative, but the ones who really have they they seem like they want to do it. And, you know, when they tell you what they want to do, give them a hell yes and let them know that, you know, and, and, and make it clear that they're not booting you out of the chair or anything. Make it clear that you would like some time to play, that you want to play it, that you are very excited to play their game and you think they should do it and you would absolutely be a part of it. And I think that can also really help because it gives them the confidence to know that, OK, the DM, the guy who's running the group is all for me doing this and totally supports me and I'm not like making waves. I'm not booting you out of the chair. I'm not doing anything negative, but you encourage it. You make sure they understand it's a really positive thing and that you want to be a part of it. And then once they're DMing, you support them. 
you know, that's something we talked about earlier, but, you know, support them where you can gently. We have some past episodes about, you know, how to be a supportive DM versus being a dick DM who doesn't let the other player run their game. Uh, again, me. <laughs> but you want to you want to support them. You you want to support those those DMs, you know, give them rule support. You know, maybe if whatever they need, just kind of let them bounce ideas off you and be a resource for them to make running their game easier. And that's going to make them a lot more likely to be successful. I think that's really it. I mean, you know, it's oh. not our it's not our longest episode. I, I don't know if it's the deepest topic because really it comes down to finding the people who want to DM, making it look like it's something they want to do, and then encouraging them to do it because God knows you want to step out from behind the screen for five minutes. I know well, I always do. Thor, that's a, that was a really good point that you brought up as well, and I think that's something to to look at too. If it looks, if it feels to them when they're wanting to, make, they're like, oh man, I'd really like to try that. That looks fun. I'd really like to run a game. Whatever. To make it so they don't feel like you by them saying, I want to run a game or I want to DM, that one, your game isn't fun yeah. or your campaign is boring or I don't like your style or I can do it better than you. Like, as long as they're not feeling like like if they come at you that you're going to think that way, because uh, that could definitely make me not want to say, hey, I'd love to run a game uh, because your one sucks or something, you know, <laughs> like you don't want to have that either. <laughs> right. So make sure. Sh- like throw out th- those ideas that, hey, you know, if anybody wants to this, you know, this is a great time. You know, this will be a great point where if anybody wants to jump in, you know, this is a great time. We can take a little break and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but I thought that was a really good point. Thank you. And I think, you know, what it comes down to is you want to let them know that you're not trying to build a game group where they are your players. Mm. You're trying to build a game group that is healthy. It has a lot of DMs and we all get to play and DM. We all get to do what we want to do. That's actually really been one of the uh, one of the philosophies behind this kind of gaming renaissance we've had amongst ourselves that led to three wise DMs. Everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play what they want to play. Everyone gets to play the role they want to play. And that's the whole point. Mm. You know, we want to play all the games. We don't want anyone sitting around like, well, I really want to play this. I never get to do it this way. No, that's not the point. The point is to get everyone to be able to do everything they want to do. So we're all having a great time and we're all, you know, at this point, I will say there's things you've wanted to do in gaming that you haven't had a chance to do. So now we get a chance to do them. Tomb of Annihilation, Curse of Strahd. I had never played that before. I wanted that opportunity to play it. Like Dave said, it was great that he wanted to run it. So creating that kind of group where everyone's, where you're helping everyone get what they want. And it's not, well, I'm in control and we do what I want to do all the time. That's really important to developing new DMs too. We have to end end it on that because that is literally, that is the tagline of Three Wise DMs right there. Perfection. Perfect. All right. Well, I don't think I can say it any better than that, guys. Thank you very much. It's a lot of fun talking about this. You know, it's funny because we've had no problem creating DMs, but I guess because <laughs> we've had the three of us in the group and then Chris and now Bonnie, like for us, DMs are popping up like, you know, like mushrooms. Yeah. There's like <laughs> only so many weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, that's when we need more weekends. Yes, absolutely. We Make more weekends. We're, we're more and more weeknights, but we're all over. No, we're, we, we're adults. We're doing this. We, we're running five. We have five different games going and we are. 40 something adults with full-time jobs and a ton of responsibilities and a ton of work we do. And we're able to make this work. And I think that uh, the fact this is so much fun and we have such a good time doing it is why it's so successful. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's everyone making, it's everyone coming together to have a good time and we do have a good time with it. And it's, it's, it's been a great thing. Love so. it. 
All right. Thank you all for listening to us wax poetic about our games and about how to get new DMs to help run your games. Again, if you have a question you'd like to hear us answer, and this did come from a listener question, please send it into threewisedms at gmail.com or go to our website, threewisedms.com, put it in the what's your problem field, or just talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're active in all those places. We're constantly looking for reader suggestions. If you like what you hear, please hit that five-star like button, the five-star rating button in your podcast platform of choice. That really helps the, the word get out and helps us spread. Tell your friends, share it on social media, anything like that. We really appreciate you doing it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Three Wise DMs.